0: Tiger revenge brought to you by warning you are now entering the blue tiger 10 the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting revenge is upon you hit the music One Come all to the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting, Blue Tiger Revenge. I am the king of beer. You know me. You love me as the heart and soul of Blue Tiger Revenge. Uh, Big Brian Bales and joined with me because, you know, my other co-host who thought it would be a cool idea to maybe go on vacation, forget about, you know, the responsibilities of doing a free podcast for fun And just said, you know what? Fuck all of that. I'm going to bounce. So you know what? Not only did we replace him for a guest episode, we actually not only replaced, but we upgraded with Layla Del Ducca. How are you?
1: Hello. Hello, Brian. Yeah. Todd really, uh, what a failure of a guy. Am I right?
0: Yeah. And and you know what? Not only did we upgrade with Bring You In, (laughs) you also brought a guest to the podcast. Yes. Which you know tad he he can't ever get guessed why why do people hate tad?
1: oh, I don't know uh he's just a little bit too personal he's bull, too, you know I,
0: he's, he's, yeah. he's
1: too nice, too fun and funny it's it's just hard for anyone to be around honestly,
0: yeah, well, you know he also said that he's like the greatest out there um but you know I know that that's a lie, and I'm just wondering I want you to break that down for me and tell, and you know see why. Why would he lie about something like that?
1: I honestly don't know what brings anyone to lie about anything whatsoever. I've never lied on my life. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't know how to put my
0: myself in that position. But I this think it just, just kind of a scumball thing to do. Right. Is just, just to lie like that.
1: yeah. You know, it is a scumball thing to do. That's a, that's a perfect word for it. Yeah. I think. And, and let really
0: let's be honest. Rude. We would, uh, we would expect nothing less from, uh, from mm-hmm. that man. In my opinion, yeah,
1: yeah, if you can even call him a man
0: Wait, <laughs> exactly. Maybe- <laughs> yeah. exactly, uh actually, you know what though uh he did uh he he did send a message um to us while we're recording uh and i I haven't listened to it yet uh do you want to you want to hear what it says before we uh before we get into things yeah. Aloha from Big Island, Hawaii. Yeah, it's it's your dog, Tadman, just calling in, you know, long-time listener, first-time caller. Anyways, I had a question for the special guest and the other guest, I guess. Uh, If an artist is thinking of starting a Patreon, like, what do you guys recommend for, like, how many times we should post, you know, like, weekly or monthly and like what kind of tiers should we set for like, people to uh you know potentially subscribe to our like artwork cool all right keep making those killer comics bye wow that's all that's all i can say is wow uh
1: um. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs>
1: oh my goodness so wait is he asking for himself
0: uh, I think so. I think so. Yeah. So, how would you answer okay, that? first? Cool. so, if you were starting a Patreon, how how mm-hmm. how often would you post?
1: I think at minimum it should be once a week.
2: Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm.
1: I'm not the right person to ask because I actually tried to have a Patreon and it wasn't successful. Um, and so, gosh, I don't know what. I don't know what, if there's like a tried and true fit to doing Patreon, but I guess like if I was subscribing to someone on Patreon and they were doing, let's say a web comic yeah. um, with a few pieces a week, I'd like to get it weekly, but I also know that I like binge reading stuff. So even just doing one post of like a, uh, like a few pages or however many pages you might get done like that, getting that once a month would be fun. Yeah. If you're posting sketches and stuff, um, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly, I also think that Patreon is kind of annoying for me personally to go to too often. I don't like going there to to see what the updates are. Sure, But it might be because everyone's inconsistent and for some reason I have consistency. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really, I'm so sorry, Tad. Uh, Thanks for calling in, but I don't think I have a great answer.
0: Never apologize to him. (laughs) Don't do it. And, you know, from from what I've heard, you know, were he to start a Patreon page, I've heard it was going to be like 50 percent comic stuff. The other 50 percent like feet pics. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I don't know. Well, Definitely a new feet foot pick every week for sure. It should be at least a couple of times a week. And like, you know, um, mm-hmm. utilizing the Alaskan wilderness, right? Like in the snow, oh. maybe in the Creek, uh, yes. maybe in some bear poop, uh, moose poop, oh. you know, uh, get yeah. really creative with it is what I would say.
1: Yeah, I think you're really onto something there. You really should take that advice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, other than that, I mean, it's been a while since you've uh you've been on at a guest and you know I am yeah. really happy that you're here as uh as a as a guest host our first ever guest host and uh
2: yeah.
0: it's funny because when we were we tad and I were talking about this and we were you know he was like maybe you get a guest host who would you want and immediately I was just like Layla it has to be Aww.
1: Oh, thank um, you, Brian. Oh,
0: so really glad that you, uh, that you agreed to come on and come on and do this.
1: Yeah. Likewise. I mean, I had a blast talking to you guys back. What? Yeah. Whatever that was, been, but it I was think, a great time.
0: Yeah. I yeah. think it's been like a year and a half, somewhere around there since the last time you were on. So too long. Um, yeah. definitely. Do you even
1: remember what I was promoting? I don't remember what I was promoting.
0: I don't. It has been a, it, that was a while ago. It was, yeah. yeah, It's been a while. Um, You might not have been promoting. We might have just been shooting the breeze.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: That could have it.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. You've had some stuff going on. Um, What What have you been up to? Um, Cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I've actually took most of last year off from doing comics. I did maybe two issues of a thing last year, just because I was feeling really burnt out oh no are you there yep i'm here okay cool Looked like you cut out for a second um anyway as i was saying i took a break from comics because it got burnt out Mm -hmm. and then um i kind of became less burnt out a little bit and then i accepted a gig with boom studios with jason aaron as the writer and the series is called once upon a time at the end of the world and it's a three-part series. I'm drawing the second part of the story. Um, the first part is drawn by Alexander Tefengi, and it's about these two characters as, I think, young teens or mid-teens falling in love in the apocalypse. And then the second arc is basically them in their mid-20s. They have already fallen in love, and they are um, in the wilderness and try to f- start a community. mm mm-hmm. Um, And then the third arc uh, deals with them a little bit later in their lives. And that portion is going to be drawn by Nick Okay. So I feel incredibly lucky to be working with so many amazing creators. I hadn't worked with Jason Aaron before, but he's an incredible writer and I've been having a blast with scripts. Um, Sierra Hahn is our editor and she's doing a great job. Um, and, and I believe Tamara Bonvillain is coloring my arc of the story. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm mainly working on right now is my main work gig thing. Um, and I have a couple like personal side projects that we don't really need to talk about, but okay. I eventually want to get into after this, this, um, story is over.
0: Awesome. When does that, uh, when does that come out?
1: That's a really good question. I think it comes, I should probably check before this podcast interview, but I believe two or three issues of the first ARC have come out. So that probably means the first issue of mine will probably be out May or June. Okay. Something.
0: Well, so <laughs> this it's, year, it's coming in 2023, essentially.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. That's exciting.
2: Thanks. That's
1: really Thank you, exciting.
0: Yeah. Hey, um, I know that I, I sent you a video uh, a couple days ago of a of a Peter Laird interview. Um, yes, and so for listeners who listen to the show uh, Tiger Cubs, I know that they know that I'm a TMT junkie, and mm-hmm. uh, you know Laird being the other co creator um, to with Eastman, and uh, you just you never see anything from him. He's been pretty much silent for a long time. Like I couldn't even tell you the last time that I saw him. Well, the last time I saw him on something, um, was the episode of the toys that made us, um, Oh, that would, that was a couple of years ago. Um, but it wasn't really like a one-on-one interview thing. It was more talking about, uh, the action figures and kind of, uh, um, you know the, the the falling out that that he and Kevin Eastman had, and then mm. you know, kind of them, you know, coming back together uh, within the last like I don't know five or six years, something like that. But wow. um, yeah, and, and did you did you get a chance to watch that?
1: Yeah, I did. I found it really interesting because I I never read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it's had such a cultural impact. Yeah. So it was cool to, I mean, hear a, about his experiences. Mm -hmm. as half of the creator team. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, some of the interesting things that like, that like stuck out to me was one, you know, um, the guy Well, one other than being, you know, just an incredible, incredibly talented, uh, cartoonist. I mean, the dude is, uh, he's great. And I've Mm -hmm. always said turtles were at their best when it was those two were the, you know, were, were the ones who were, uh, behind the wheel on it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was interesting to hear, you know, kind of hear him talk about um I think he said I often or I used to wonder what it would have been like if we would have said no to um you know all of the licensing deals because that yeah. was the reason why they they, they kind of stopped drawing, doing the comics together was because they were just too busy and so they had other people, which, you know, you got to see other awesome, you know, artists and creators come in and and, and take it, but that dude just wanted to draw comics from what it, from what yeah. it sounds like, you know?
1: Hmm. Yeah. I, that was really interesting to hear because I don't, I, I guess like I would have probably made the same exact choice as him. If, sure. if I was him, yeah. I would have also taken the deal because you do this art and you work really hard. And sometimes it doesn't always pay amazingly. Yeah. I mean, we live in a capitalistic society, so I probably would have done the same thing. Um, and, and it's also interesting Here is memories about like the bad sides of this industry, essentially, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: how when you give someone else your your baby, like things happen bad and bad. And it's and um, yeah, it's just interesting to hear that. Yeah,
0: stuff. He, they, they <laughs> called it like, no, you're good. They called it like the dark side. That's the dark side mm-hmm. of being like uh, super successful. Um, Yeah, of having something like that, and uh, you know, one of the other thing that 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 really kind of struck out to me. I mean, he's retired; he hasn't done anything for a really long time. um, But Mm -hmm. in his deal, like the deal when he sold to Viacom, Nickelodeon, um, was that Mm -hmm. he could self-publish turtle comics if he wanted to. um, Yeah, and he just hasn't done it. He's and he just says, you know, maybe I will, but I used to be that guy who would bring sketchbook uh, and just draw all the time, but. You know, mm-hmm. the turtles really took that out of me and I don't really do that yeah. anymore, which was kind of sad, you know?
1: Yeah, it is. When he said that I could really relate to it too, like I do not have the career he had uh, mm-hmm. by any means. But I, like I was saying earlier in this podcast, I have suffered a lot of burnout yeah. from this this industry, So I'm not someone who brings a sketchbook around i don't really draw for fun much because i'm just so creatively drained a lot so yeah i can completely understand why he doesn't feel like drawing but he is a very very smart person to put that clause in his contract where if he does feel like doing it again he can and it's legal and he gets the money for it
0: yeah yeah i mean definitely definitely smart on his part but yeah i mean i you know and i hope that uh you know, he's one of the He kind of ended it saying, you know, I've talked to, you know, Kevin Eastman and said, hey, you know, maybe someday day down the line, you and I could just do some stuff together again. And man, I hope that yeah. they do. I hope that they do. Oh, me too. Um, yeah. Me not too. only that would be so cool. Not only would it be great just to have those two back together again, just for like my heart and my soul, you know, but uh, <laughs> I think it would, you know, uh, the last you know, the, the the turtles did really well the last couple of years with like the last Ronin. Um mm-hmm. but this, you know, Eastman and Laird coming together again to do like their own project would pretty much blow anything and everything mm-hmm. out of the water. Like as far as like the the want, the demand, like the sales, like it would just de- mm-hmm. I think it I think it would destroy yeah Um,
1: i agree i think so many people would just be so thrilled yeah and i bet it would be amazing whatever they did yeah yeah and another thing about that interview which was cool is like i didn't really know that they were the ones who created the zarek grant yeah that was really amazing to hear and then kind of just when they're um when the cartoonist kayfabe guys were talking about the legacy that they kind of left behind i've had friends who worked on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. franchise. Most recently, my friend Tony Grigori.
0: Love Tony. And it was
1: his Yeah, he's awesome. And he was his first like more mainstream gig and it was amazing. I I love that they're they've opened up this world to other creators. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh yeah. I also did a cover for them once. And you it did? was Yeah. Oh man, I wish I remembered her, her name. She was a character who has a katana.
0: Janica. Um, did you do a Jenica
1: it cover? Be, it might be Jenica. Okay. I'm so sorry I don't have details with it. But yeah, like even I have been able to work on this title. Like so many people have been able to. to
0: I need you to send me a story. Well, first, I need you to send me a photo of that because I want to see it. Because if I don't have it, I'm going to find it and I'm going to get it.
1: Oh. Um, <laughs> okay.
0: And then I'm going to have you sign it for me.
1: Oh. Um, Well, maybe I can find an extra copy. Like I'll I'll look in my own uh, collection, real fast.
0: Yeah, if you, if before you 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 buy it. Yeah, if you have one, that I would love to. I would love to get my. Maybe I have it. I don't know, but uh, because I have everything that they've done since IDW has uh, published. So since like 2011, so I've got pretty much. I've got everything. I think so. And then. you sent me a little, you sent me a little thing about how you saw the, the 1990 movie for the, for the for, it blew my mind. Cause you said you saw it for the very first time. Uh, yeah. Like what was this a couple weeks ago?
1: Yeah, it was actually just last week. In fact, okay. last Wednesday at the Hollywood theater, which is a, a local um, nonprofit historical theater in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. that I also work at one day a week these days. Um, but I saw it for the first time on the big screen. I grew up pretty sheltered in Mm -hmm. like middle of nowhere, Montana. So I didn't grow up reading or watching teenage mutant Ninja turtle stuff at all, but I would always hear about it and be like, Oh my God, it sounds like the coolest thing. And I'm missing out. So what'd you find in my, it was, it was amazing. Like I really honestly didn't anticipate it being as good as it did, but Something happened to me while watching this film that okay. I was absolutely not expecting, which is Splinter's character, yeah. the wise rat yep. ninja teacher. Um, he's a rat. Um, <laughs> yep. Yes, he is. And he gets, and he's so nice and wise to these sometimes obnoxious teenage turtles. Yep. And then he gets captured, you know, and he's in pain and he's still wise and kind yeah, to this shithead kid who doesn't deserve it, essentially. yeah, but this whole th- thing, and actually, I think what spurred my thoughts here, too, was when he started telling his origin story about mimicking his master's martial arts, yeah, um stuff. And at that moment, I started thinking about my rats that I had, Troy and Odd. they are these two rats that I shared with an ex of mine, okay. who passed away during Covid. And I hadn't mourned them like I had when I watched the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. And I started <laughs> crying throughout the movie. I ended up bawling my eyes out by the end of it. And for <laughs> an hour after the, the movie, I was like, I cannot believe this is triggering this kind of grief in me. From these two rats who, like, if you've never had rats, you won't understand how much they actually, like, touch your heart I never thought I would fall in love with rats like I did, but I did. And and I loved them. And uh, Yeah. Like I, uh, I don't know what else to say other than I had this huge grief, uh, grieving thing and I was really emotional. It was really bizarre. I don't know where it came from, but it happened and I cannot believe it happened
0: because of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Well, (laughs) I will tell you in that movie, like towards the end when they summon like the spirit of splinter and the blue, in the blue flames, Yes, um, I I cry like a baby every yeah. time. Every it time. is an
1: emotional film. It yeah, is. my boyfriend who was watching it with me, he's like, "Layla, this actually makes complete sense without the weird, without the deaths of your rats. This is an emotional
0: movie. It is, it so, is. So
1: yeah, and it is."
0: And, 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 Hi, you know, Caitlin. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, uh, Tiger Cubs. We have our our guest here hopping in, so we are going to take a quick break, and then we will be back with her. Check,
2: one, two. Tiger milk, tiger milk. I like tiger milk. Give us some more of that, please. Tiger milk.
0: And we're, <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Uh, and, and with us, we have very special guest, uh, comic artist Caitlin Yarsky. How's it going?
3: Hi, thanks for having me on. I love your intro.
0: Thank you. That was so... Uh, <laughs> funny, funny story behind that. Uh, my, my son, he's eight and this was probably like two or three years ago. So he was like five or six and, uh, he sang that. And then, uh, you know, six months later, my, this is, so that was my cousin, Matt. He was just like, Hey, I just made this and sent it to me. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I'm using it from now on. (laughs) So That's that's sort of that, uh, that's where that comes from. So it's
1: pretty great. I love it. Yeah,
0: it's it's fantastic. <laughs> the the tiger milk flows strong here at the in the Blue Tiger Den. So that's how we that's how we roll. So Caitlin, it's
1: great. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, I interrupted it's interrupted okay. you. Do people
1: I, make that joke? Because it's a tiger. Totally no, the tiger no one reference. has. No
0: one has made that one. You you were the first. You are the first. Thanks, and I did so eloquently and interrupted you. And I anyway, Brian,
1: it. ask your question. I'm for,
0: well. I just, you know, we've, we've talked a lot. Uh, we've had uh, Layla here as our, as our guest host today, you know, uh, taking over from Tad. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Tad, he, he, can't, he can't bring in guests. And Layla's first, you know, first time guest hosting. She brings us, she brings us you in as a guest. So I just want to ask you, uh, why do other artists hate Tad Galusha?
3: You want to ask me why other artists hate Tagalusia? I do. Well, well uh, I mean, I heard through the grapevine that he's really uh, three turtles stacked in a trench coat, and we're not cool with that. So. That's
0: If it's not four turtles, we don't want anything to do with it. So,
3: Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We already have turtles that we like.
0: Exactly. We don't need three mm-hmm. more.
3: We don't need more. We I'm need happy cats.
0: That's got to be turtles. it. Yeah,
1: that's the most accurate description of Ted yeah, I've ever heard. So, yeah, of Lynn, code, good job. That's
0: amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I'm just wondering, um how did you how did you get your start in in comics? Like what what made you say this is what I want to do for a living?
3: Well, um it I only got into comics about 6 years ago or so. Um and I started out uh, studying illustration, and out of school, I joined a like a like a small uh, game studio. We did a lot of Nickelodeon uh, website, you know, kind of mobile games. Um, Mm -hmm. And just from there, I learned a ton and did that for about six years. And like in between all that, I was kind of like trying to figure out where I wanted to do, like where I wanted to bring my own art, you know, like personal artwork. And so I was doing like a lot of. You know, big paintings of like bands, uh, musicians in town that I played with because I play music. Um, oh, And cool. this was in, this was back up in uh, upstate New York in Rochester. And um, yeah, I was just trying all different avenues. I tried I tried getting into concept art for a while, and I actually do some of that now. But uh, you know, like once I realized I didn't want to work for that games studio anymore, I kind of wanted to veer away from games. Ironically, still working in games, but <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, I quit that uh, studio after about six and a half years or so and, um, started doing freelance and then I kind of realized I wanted to try doing comics. I mean, I've always drawn comics on my own, um, Mm -hmm. but never thought of it as like an avenue that I could make a living at. Um, and of course, you know, it doesn't pay great. So I still have two jobs. I'm still doing the games and doing comics. Sure. Um, but I'm, you know, I got really lucky and I got to do an image comic for my first series. Um, And
0: yeah. Now, is that bliss? Was that your, that was your first series or? Uh,
3: No, my first series was coyotes. Okay. Uh, But it's the same writer, Sean Lewis. Okay. Um, And he's great.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. When, when we knew, when, when we, when we knew that you were coming on, I was like, okay, I'm going to go buy, I'm going to go buy bliss and I'm going to read it. So went to my, went to my comic shop up here in, uh, in Lacey, Washington. Shout out to Gabby's Olympic cards and comics. I shout them out every time because they're amazing, but they also didn't have it in stock, so uh, I ordered it on Amazon, and uh, the day that the comic was delivered, it actually wasn't delivered, the graphic novel. No. And so then I bought Issue One digitally and I read it and I, I, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I, I, I think you're, I think you're a fantastic artist and uh, just Thank I love you. the concept uh, that you guys were um, that you were doing in that book. Um, and then it showed up today. So <laughs> the full graphic novel oh, showed up today. So at least I get to finish it.
3: Oh, sorry for the hassle. <laughs>
1: anyway.
2: You
0: know.
1: So, Caitlin, when I asked what comics you would recommend to Brian, you said Bliss and um, Black Hammer, right? Yeah, I think so. Why did you choose those two titles out of the, all of the titles you've worked on?
3: Um, well, artistically, I, I think my strongest work was Bliss. Um, I think we just and we just hit a really good stride, me and Sean in that in that series. Um, so I feel like I did all my learning with Coyotes, and I feel like not all my learning, but a lot of learning in Coyotes, and I kind of like took that and and uh, took it to another to next level in Bliss. So I was I was still proud of that series, and then um, Black Hammer was just an honor to be part of. I mean, I love that series. I love that story. I think it's a great. It's just a great arc that I got to be part of, and the character development's amazing, and Jeff Lee's amazing. So, yeah, those are the two. Awesome. That's cool to hear you say that about Bliss, because the
1: um, only comic I read of yours so far is Coyotes. And I've seen a lot of your art because we're friends in real life, and we also share a studio space. But with Coyotes, I was just really blown away by your page layout. And this care that you treated all of the characters. Everyone looks distinct. Everyone has a lot of emotion. There's just so much movement in that comic, including the page layouts and the the paneling and just, like, kind of breaking the regular grid with stuff. And it was great. So, um, yeah, one of my favorite things about Coyotes is that. And uh, it sounds like you carry that. And it looks like you carry that on throughout the rest of your comic book work.
3: Well, thanks. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, I liked to be as creative as possible with panel layouts and everything, although I realized that with the more work-for-hire stuff, I didn't do that quite as much, and I'm not really sure why. I feel like part of it is that because the scripts are different, like, so when I worked with Sean, he just sent me scripts as though, I mean, he used to be a, he, he is still a playwright, um, so he didn't send me a script with, like, panel you know, breakdowns or even page breakdowns. Like I did everything with that. So like I got to just be totally crazy with like the pacing and just figuring it like, just, you know, just going wild with all the, um, the paneling and designing the page I wanted to. And I think, I I think there's a little bit limit. You can automatically put a limit on your own or I did anyway. I put, I tend to put a little bit more limit on my own, um, creativity when it comes to, when I get scripts that have panels and, and page breakdowns, because I just feel like I have to adhere to that. Mm-hmm. And then I don't, I don't really think outside the box as much, um, literally. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, I, so I've noticed that that's, again, that's another reason I was, that I kind of pointed to those two things. Cause I was like, well, I think especially bliss. I was just, I just think it has more, um, more designed pages. hoping to get back to that Yeah, that makes complete sense
1: i can relate i think with my work for hire stuff it's a mix between um there is a little bit less creative freedom because you're working with licensed characters for some reason my brain i'm like oh i want to be more like this company usually produces and then two i was just kind of heard the term decision fatigue recently and i was like oh that could be it too like the scripts I get from like DC and what I'm getting from Boom. curly there there are so many decisions to make. There's like typically more action, um, yeah. more reference, um, sometimes more crowd scenes, more. You have to be exact with your costuming and stuff like that. And costumes so
3: costumes are a big thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So putting a more intriguing page layout and breaking those panel borders is just kind of like another design and decision thing that I have to make. And I think i think i get exhausted a little bit faster these I days from that, makes that.
3: Sense. i think it, like now that you say that i think if i got just a regular script that was like a it looked more like a screenplay or something i it would it would be overwhelming because mm. i would just be like okay so now i'm not only designing all these or like drawing all these characters that have already been designed and have to be a certain way um but also have to have the same the right costumes and like the the, I have there's reference for all the backgrounds that, you know, are already established for decades and all these other things that you have to think about. And then on top of that, there's like, and you just figure out how you even want to break everything down. I, I, that's a good point. I mean, maybe that would be too much, you know. Yeah.
0: Maybe. Now, when you when you say costuming, are you just are you talking about like, uh, you know, for for an example, like Batman? Right, so Bruce Wayne has to look a certain way. Batman has to look a certain way. Is that what, is that what you mean by that?
3: Yeah, just just costume design, like making sure that everybody has the same. Like I have to do like a pass every time I do an issue and go back and make sure that like you know if I'm doing like Shazam or whatever, like okay, did I get all the bolts on all the cuff cufflinks or you know or on all, all the all the bangle you know on all the uh, mm-hmm. armbands or whatever, and like make sure that everything is is the same and not I could, didn't like leave anything out. And so that that takes a lot.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, totally. That's really interesting. I never, you know, I'm not an not an artist or in the industry, so you know, those little things like that 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 yeah. don't necessarily cross my mind as I'm, you know, reading a comic. Um mm-hmm. yeah. You know, were you were you a, a comic reader growing up? Was there anything that you were that you read?
3: Um, I grew up with more like indie kind of stuff. You yeah. know, um, Mouse and Persepolis and Calvin and Hobbes and Oh yeah. All that sort of stuff. It wasn't until I was uh, my first year of college when somebody gave me Preludes and Nocturnes, the first Sandman book, that I was like blown away. Yeah, that I read it in one night, and I shouldn't have because it was too much for my little brain to handle. <laughs> and <laughs> I went to that person, and I was like, "Holy crap! What did you just give me?" <laughs> um, so it still remains. I think it's one of those things where, like, you're at a certain age when you're introduced to something and it becomes the love of your life. And so I think that the Sandman became that for me, like, you know how you are with music when you're a teenager Mm -hmm. and those bands are just with you forever. So I think that that's, that's kind of how I feel about the Sandman. And then, you know, um, you know, I, I read some saga and paper girls. I mean, I love Brian K Vaughn and, um, you know, and I've read read stuff that, uh, friends have done and I've, and I've tried to catch up on not catch up, but kind of like familiarize myself with more, uh, superhero type stuff. And, um, it's not—it's not as much my bag as more of the indie indie things. Um, mm-hmm. But I think part of it is just because it's so overwhelming. There's just so many years, you know. So I'd rather read something like Hellboy or something that doesn't have like 50 years of, you know, history or 60 years of history.
0: Yeah, I'm—I mm-hmm. I totally. That's how I feel about X Men, right? Like I love the X Men, yeah. but it's like I can't pick up a current X Men book. And and understand what the hell is going on in the okay. issue. Like they're all they're all written great and they're beautifully drawn, but I have no idea what's going on because I haven't read, the, you know, for the past thirty years and in, in all of yeah. the subsequent like other side books that go with it. It makes it mm-hmm. it can make it hard for sure. So I definitely uh, understand what you're talking about. Um, you said you were a musician, and you said something that kind of kind of struck out at me. You know the bands that you listen to kind of kind of stay with you. Uh, so I'd love to know like what, what, what instruments do you play and what, uh, what were your, what were your bands?
3: Um, well, I, um, I grew up learning violin, so I play kind of fiddle type stuff now, but I don't, you know, again, it's not, I haven't played out in a long time, not since before the pandemic. Um, but I used to play in some local bands in upstate New York and, um, and sing too. So just those two things. And, uh, Yeah, and it's just really fun. It's, like, honestly, it's my favorite pastime. It's just, like, jamming with people. But, of course, like, since the pandemic and everything, I haven't really been able to. um, But, and also just, like, moving across the country. Right. Um, So, yeah, but, um, you know, I I love all... My dad was a singer-songwriter when I was growing up, so I was exposed to, like, a lot of awesome music. Um, You know, Tom Waits and Leonard Cohen and the Beastie Boys and, like, you know... uh, Buena Vista social club like all like a whole range of stuff that's um I feel really lucky you know that I got to like my parents are cool so right right experience a lot of stuff you know without having to like go out and look for it
0: yeah yep my uh uh, I listen to mostly music that my dad listened to so uh Mm -hmm. 70s and 80s soft rock is just 100 Mm percent my jam Toto Kenny Loggins (laughs) uh sure. I'm all that's 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 my that's my stuff so I I'm yeah, with you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Wonderful. Is Fleetwood Mac in there?
0: A little bit, a little bit. A little They're bit. in there too. Uh the Eagles also. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, No Toto is my favorite band of all time. Oh, so. really? yep.
3: So. yep. I think I only know that that one song. Oh,
0: Africa? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's the song that everybody knows, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm,
3: I'm, um I'm, I will I
1: can't let anyone not know this, but Caitlin has an amazing voice.
0: Really?
2: No.
1: You seriously have such a beautiful, controlled voice. She's really great at violin, too. I hope you all get to hear it someday. Uh,
3: right, <laughs> yeah, I she's gotcha, just great. Layla. Uh, she happens to also be a musician who can play and sing. You're a sure. musician,
0: Layla? I did. How did I not know this? She sure is. <laughs> i don't know but
1: i don't sound nearly as good as caitlin oh my God. <laughs> i'm not i yeah i just don't have the skill level you do yeah <laughs>
2: what
0: do you what do you play layla what do you what do you do
1: well um i actually play a fair amount of things besides doing vocals i i play the banjo tenor guitar which is um i uh what's it called I tune it to the banjo so I can just basically play the same chords. Um, That, and then trumpet, clarinet, um, melodica, or harmonium, which is the small piano thing that you blow air into. Yeah. (laughs) That thing, I know how to play or figure out a tune on the piano. And I don't know, just basically, I think my general attitude towards music is I love bands uh, and music that has a bunch of different weird sounds in it. And so I've tried to always just learn enough of an instrument to, to make something with it. So Mm. I've never really gotten amazing or really skilled at one thing or the other because I jump around so much. Um, And I also just like go through very long periods of not being inspired. So I've never always in practice. So yeah, that's,
0: yeah, I've I've uh, dabbled in bass. I've dabbled in guitar. Uh, nice. I could sing OK, uh, but I've never done enough practice to like be able to do anything with it, you know, or even like really jam with other people. Just something I've kind of done, you know, a little a little bit here and there. But uh, I think, you know what, I think we need to start mm-hmm. a band
2: <laughs> <just> <laughs> yeah, he's right here.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, we do <laughs> the Blue Tiger Band, and Tad isn't invited because nobody wants to hear him sing. Um, no.
3: And and do we even want to, to hear him talk? Your, oh, sorry.
0: No. What were you going to say, Kaylin? am <laughs> your son. Yeah, so, yeah, he can get in. He's yeah. got a little guitar, so yeah, he can. He'll get in on it too. So uh, I love that. He, he does love. He does love Fleetwood Mac too. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Nice.
1: Well, I want to ask about Caitlin's artistic influences. Yes! Because if you know her, she has this really cool aesthetic, both in her apartment and the clothes she wears and also the comics you like. And it's... uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but um, I think if you hear your artistic influences, people might get a little bit of an idea.
0: I love that. Oh,
3: man, that's, that's hard. I mean, so I... I have a lot fewer comic influences than just, like, outside, like, you know, fine art and illustration influences. So, like, um, I, when I was growing up, I was in love with uh, Brian Froud and Alan Lee this book called Fairies that I, you know, thought was amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I, uh, I kind of, in school, learned a lot about, like, you know, some really great fine artists, like... uh, Norman Rockwell and um oh man, all the all the names are escaping me now. But like Singer Sargent and Lucian Freud and um uh not not Clint. Oh e- or Clint, yes, but also uh like Egon Scheel and um mm. just all these people that I thought were amazing and uh yeah, so and then I, you know, learned a lot about I've been learning a lot about comic artists in the last, you know, in the last few years. So you know i love greg Tacini, i love uh james heron um mm-hmm. you know there's just there's so many people and it changes all the time and then like a lot of animation so i love you know i love ghibli i love um don bluth films and you know uh sylvain Chomet who did like triplets of belleville i love those character designs i love the iron giant character designs i mean <laughs> it can come from anywhere you know but i really love animation and i lo- really love like you know illustration type stuff um Oh, Carla Ortiz is amazing. I love her. Ian McHugh, he's a concept artist. Um, so it's really from all over the place. Mm-hmm. I love that.
0: That's really cool. What are you know? You talk about animation. I know you worked, uh, you know, doing game design and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what are what are some uh, animated um, like sh- are, you in, are you like anime? Anime uh, or just like uh, like American animation? Like what kinds of uh, what kind of animated stuff are you into?
3: Um, I mean, it's again all over the place. I, there's a couple of animes that I like, but I kind of um, fell off that, you know, after like mid twenties. I think I stopped watching a lot of anime. So, um, like, I really love Evangelion, and uh, I think FLCL is beautiful. I think um, uh, what was the thing? Th- oh, Cowboy Bebop, obviously.
2: Mm.
3: Um, all the Miyazaki movies, uh, but I really, you know, I really love Don Bluth. I think he's amazing. Um, so. All those moves are just be- just the way he animates, especially like clothes and characters that just feel heavy and floppy. Mm-hmm. Like there's yeah. just something very specific about his look that I really love. Um, and then yeah, I think Iron Giant is like the pinnacle right here. Totally. You know? and I, so I, I really love two D two D animation. Um, yeah. And I'm sad it's kind of gone. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I I feel that. I feel that. Um, you know, they did. Uh, you know, not to not to go back to Ninja Turtles, but they did. Um, what was it? The last couple of years, they, they kind of did a new cartoon that didn't it didn't it didn't wasn't very well liked um, mm. by your typical Ninja Turtle fans because I think it was made for you know more kids my son's age who loves it. Mm. But the uh, it's called Rise of the Teenage Ninja Turtles. But they did a movie on Netflix, kind of wrapping up all the storylines and everything. And the animation on it was just it was 2D, um, but it yeah. was incredible, absolutely oh, nice. incredible. And uh, I really liked the the Invincible. Uh, animated show that they did. I thought oh, that, that was really well done.
1: So good. Yeah. And do you know if um, people who making 2D animations, are they still doing it traditionally 2D or are they 3D modeling it to look like it's 2D? No yeah, one knows. I don't, know. um,
3: I don't know. I think that some of the, like a lot of the Disney shorts and everything, like the Pixar Disney shorts, like there was that one, the paper what's it called paper something it was a black and white um like a little romance and and Mm -hmm. that was made to look like like 2d but it was 3d um yeah that's a a very popular thing now Mm
1: -hmm. yeah same with natalie nurgitz um oh crap i don't remember the name of the the short but it was with the raccoons and it was before Mm -hmm. encanto but that also looks very 2d but it was modeled 3d
3: oh really Mm mm-hmm
0: I really like Bob's burgers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's 2d 3d modeled to look 2d, but I really love that show. Just didn't throw that it's hard out there yeah. with,
3: the, with those more adult shows. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's For great sure. though. It's
3: funny. Um,
1: cool. I have a question because sometimes when I think about me going into an interview, I'm like, gosh, what question do I wish they would ask us? Caitlin, do you have an interview question you wish that interviewers would ask you, but they Ooh, never do. I like that
3: boy uh, I can't think of anything um, off the top of my head it's, it's
0: been been th- t- we're, we're trying to put the hard work on you so we don't have you know you know that's <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, Caitlin, from now on, will you be the only one talking you yeah. ask the questions and you answer, answer the questions Answer
0: your own questions. <laughs> that's you know, that's a very tad Galusha move. Um,
1: <laughs> so. Oh God, are you comparing me to tad? Ugh. I
0: know, oh no. I know, terrible, tad. right?
1: Ugh. horrible. I, I've never been more insulted in my life.
0: and you know that is, that's probably the worst insult anybody could ever give anybody in my opinion
1: I agree yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, well, Caitlin. Let's then ask, what are you currently working on in yeah, the comics
2: the genre
1: uh, medium?
3: So I um, currently am working on some DC backups, um, doing like Shazam, Wonder Woman crossover, um, and that is I have well I have one more left, um, but yeah, I've been doing a bunch of I did, I did a Dark Isis uh, story, so. Yeah. It's been mostly short story things that I've been working on. Um, but I am taking some time off from that after my next short stories over and, um, focusing on some creator owned, well, it's not creator owned, but it, like I'm writing and drawing.
0: Oh, can you, can you talk about it? Can you tell us, can you give us anything?
3: I can't. So it's, it's, um, it's, I'm working with two different publishers and we're kind of still in the throwing ideas back and forth at each other kind of phase. So, okay. Um, it's very very early in the process, but at least at least the back and forth is happening, so it sounds like it, it's probably going to keep going. Um, and I'm just excited for what's next. Yeah, it's, I'm just trying to find a way to get as excited uh, as I was about like Bliss and Blackhammer. Like I want to, you know, for sure. Um, I think I, I think with the D stuff, as as much as it's like an amazing company to work for and properties to work for uh or work on it's um it's not as much my bag as like more kind of indie stuff um so i'm I'm just trying to find stories that give me the feeling of more ownership um that i can kind of get excited about
0: i like that so that's that's cool and that actually uh you know that kind of brings into uh I feel like I know what your answer is going to be, but I have to ask it anyway because, uh, you know, on you know on here is something that we ask every every guest who comes on, we call it the question, and uh, and and the question is if you were given free reign to work on any property that you wanted to, and you could do anything that you wanted with it, right? Um, And it doesn't just have to be like a comic book character. It could be like a TV show, a movie, um, but it turning it into a comic. What would you like? What would you do?
3: So this is something I actually asked about. uh, I actually asked the, the, the people in charge. Well, she's she's passed away now. But Ursula K. Le Guin wrote one of my favorite books called The Wizard of Earthsea. And I've always wanted to turn that into a comic, but they were not into it.
0: Um, Oh, so
3: I mean, they've they've already had like two kind of failed adaptations. You know, Ghibli tried to do an Earthsea movie that didn't turn out how she envisioned it all, and then they did like a whitewashed uh, sci-fi channel series that apparently was terrible.
0: So, what what was and it was called what was it called Earthsea, right?
3: A A Wizard of Earthsea, and it's it's basically like it's got the 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 bones of harry potter but it's 30 years before so it was like a boy who finds out he's a wizard and goes to this wizard school and everything but it's a very like totally different story totally differently written story like the like the the feeling of it is totally different yeah it's more it's almost like he goes to a monastery like it's a very serious kind of like coming of age and like and like facing your demons kind of thing um but it's beautifully written and it's really short um, and there's two other books after it, but it's a great story. And it's like, it's like one of those stories that you grow up reading and then it becomes like important to you as a per, like, like integral to you as a person, mm-hmm. you know? So I've always wanted to do something with that, but it's probably
0: not going to ever happen. Well, don't give <laughs> no. up. Don't give up. You know?
3: Yeah. I would
1: love to see that rendition.
0: Definitely. I, I, yeah, uh, yeah. I love asking that question because, uh, um, we've had we've had uh, Mark Russell on the show a couple of times, and the first time we had Mark Russell on was probably twenty nineteen twenty twenty right right around there. And I asked him that mm-hmm. question, and um, he was talking about Superman Space Age, you know, the newest huh. Superman book that he's working on. And so then we had him on in August, and I got to I, and I found the clip and played it for him about how yeah dude you talked about you wanted to do this book and now here it is. Uh, you describe you described the first issue like right there, oh, <laughs> so it was. Pretty
1: that's cool. so cool! I would have started crying <laughs> if that was me. I'd be like, "Oh my god, my dreams came true!"
0: Yeah, well, we you know Amazing. we do that here on Blue tide Revenge. So uh, don't be surprised if you're if you're writing that and drawing that here soon. <laughs> <Very> awesome. awesome. <laughs> I
3: mean, I think the other would be probably the Neverending Story,
0: oh, except
3: cool. that that book. So the movie that we all know yeah. ends ends halfway through the book. So, uh, really? the book itself is yeah. So I, I always I always say I'd like to adapt the Never Story. I also think it would take twenty years <laughs> <'Cause> it's <laughs> it's just so dense. There's a lot, not dense like hard to read, just a lot happens in it.
0: Sure, that's cool. Yeah, I never I never knew that. I like. I didn't even know it was a book. So now I feel dumb. It's,
3: <laughs> the, the book is, is so dumb. good. It's, it's amazing.
0: Okay. It really mm-hmm. is. It's to... one of
3: the most imaginative things I've ever read to this date. Wow. Like, Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's so imaginative. And then also, I I could be off my rocket here, but when I read it, I read it after, like, maybe a couple years after I read Siddhartha for the first time. And when I read the never-ending story, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is kind of like the tale yeah. of the Buddha, but for kids. Master in this fantastical land, and I thought it was really cool and just very, very smart. Interesting. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean,
3: okay, I'll give you an example. Right there's a there's a whole part of the book where there's a town that is uh, full of people who think with like a, a big hive mind and use their minds to make boats move across mi- uh, uh, seas of mist. Um, and then there's a, a a place where there's only one guy living in it in this like Antarctic kind of mountainscape where he mines for people's dreams and he's the only one living there. There's a town there's a there's a lady who lives in a house where the house is constantly changing to accommodate the person's needs and wants. And then the woman who, who lives in it is named Damiola and she grows fruit out of her body and feeds it to you. <laughs> like it's the wow. weirdest, <laughs> most intense It's like wild.
0: That would that's be kind of, of not, that would be wild fraction. to draw. Like
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> that would be real cool. Um, Badass, yeah. I think. Oh, Layla, the last time you were on, um, you were reading the Expanse novels. Yes. Did you finish them? Because I recently read all of them.
1: Cool. Oh, I think I read everything that's out. Yeah. Um, but there's, it's not the end, is it? There's no. like
0: the more ninth, books. The ninth book was the end. So, you, did you read the ninth book? I don't know. When did the ninth book come out? Twenty twenty one. Oh my gosh! No. Oh. I don't. I don't
1: know
3: if I read it.
0: You better get on it. It was uh, yeah, I better. It was. Did you have you read those uh, the Expanse novels, Caitlin?
3: Uh, no, I, I downloaded. So I, I mostly listen to books these days, so I yeah. can work and listen. Um, but I, I downloaded um, Leviathan Wakes. That's the first yep. one, right? Um, so I just I started it, but I haven't. Gone oh man, I, I, I'm actually right now on the book um, Arrival, uh, which is not Arrival. Sorry, um, Inflation. That's the one. Oh. oh okay yeah
0: yeah yeah very right, cool a short story i think yeah yeah oh man yeah. The, the the book series is great and then i i think it's probably one of the best one one of the one of the better probably the best like book adaptations to a tv show that they yeah. that they've made um it was really yeah completely agree really great and they do uh so uh they do a podcast too so uh Ty Abrams, who's one half of James S. A. Corey, because it's it's two of them who write the books together. Um, So him and then the uh, Wes Chatham, who's the actor who plays Amos on the show. They do a podcast together where they rewatch the the episodes of the show. But like some of that, he'll talk about like how they wrote the book and like why there are differences in the book. Uh, versus uh why there are differences on the show than there were in the book and you know kind of talk about how you know we had to make this difference you know we had to make this change because of you know this this and this and it's just really interesting so um yeah if you're a big fan I'm that's cool. probably one of my favorite shows um just period is the expanse. But yeah the novels nice. are the, the, the books are great and uh I'm an audiobook guy. I love audiobooks too. Uh I, I do audiobooks like I'm at the gym or on a long drive, I listen. I don't listen to music. I listen to audiobooks.
3: Long drives are so good for audiobooks. Yeah. Or audiobooks are so good for long drives.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, and the narrator makes so much difference. If you have a bad narrator, yeah. like I can't, yeah. I can't listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did the last, uh, the latest, like a Bosch novel, and it was narrated by Titus Welliver, who plays him on the TV show. So that was really cool. Whoa. Um, yeah. And then I'm, right now I'm doing uh, again. I've 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 listened to them all before, but I'm I'm re-listening to the The Witcher series right nice. now, and they have a good uh, narrator as well.
1: But yeah, if you were uh, saying that the narrator for the Expanse series is good, I would completely agree. I just love the way that he narrates the book. I think he does a fantastic okay, job.
3: I'm, I'm adding that. I'm putting that on the top of my list then for sure.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Um. I want to get the conversation a little bit back to comics again.
2: Yeah.
1: Caitlin, in was it 2020 or 21, you moved from the East Coast, Portland, Oregon. Wow. And I'm curious what you're, you would say to this question. How has that influenced your comics craft since you moved here and started working at Helioscope and kind of involving yourself a little bit more in the comics community here?
3: Hmm. Oh, good question. Um, I don't know if how much it's affected... How I draw, but it's definitely helped my mental health to be around other people that work in comics and kind of understand the the good and the bad that goes with it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people that you can kind of like vent to, but also work alongside and have fun with, and you know, we'll, we'll be in the office. It it, and it gives you kind of art uh, art school vibes, which is kind of I, honestly, I feel like so many art students kind of are looking for that for the rest of their lives after they leave art school, you know, like they just kind of wish they had that feeling. And so like, that's part of the reason I, I moved to Portland is because so many people who work in comics here and it's a, it's a lonely job if you don't find a community. So um, mm-hmm. it's just nice to have the option to come in and I don't go in nearly enough. Um, Cause I'm a bit of an introvert and, uh, and then I'm like, Oh, everything's right here though. And I have to like go in and what if I forget something, you know, as you just kind of talk yourself out of it sometimes, but it, it really is good to go in. And, and, you know, people, we bring snacks and we talk comics and we sometimes pose for each other. You know, like Steve Weber comes over and he's like, oh, I need to put people over here for this scene. And then we're all kind of posing for a scene for him. And <laughs> it's great. It's just great. It just, it's, it's really nice to have that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Even going in one day a week just makes my mood so much better. Totally. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's really, yeah. that's really great. I, I think I heard it. Somebody tweeted some, I don't remember who it was, but said, uh, you know, about Lieber, uh, that he's like responsible for so many people's comic careers for like, you know, the mentoring and advice that he gives. Oh, have yeah. you have you had that same experience with him?
3: Yeah, I mean Layla you probably agree, right? Like he's he's maybe the most generous comic person I know of. Like he just Yeah his whole thing is just to build community and help people help especially young people, you know, learn their craft and how to you know find their voice and you can just see it he does it every week he does like portfolio reviews
0: yeah i saw that and he
3: doesn't have to do any of this stuff you know he's just a really really generous person he truly is yeah um i mean the most recent example i can
1: give you personally too is i was teaching at pnca the portland wait the pacific northwest college of arts in portland until recently um and I was bringing students into the studio to get portfolio reviews from Steve, and every time he just had this wealth of information. And I would always be like, thank you so much, Steve, I can't believe you keep doing this. And he was like, oh, yeah, I was born to do this. This It's my calling. (laughs) And he's just so, he's so kind and giving, yeah. And yeah, whenever he has work thrown at him that he doesn't want or can't take, he, he forwards it to people who need it he hires people to do backgrounds sometimes and to color for him um he's just like he's the unchosen leader of helioscope he never like was like yeah i'm the official leader but i know that we all think of him as that you know
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) but in the best way like in a great way
1: yeah totally I absolutely refer to it as him as one of my comics dads yeah
2: yeah. <laughs> that's
0: great. yeah i've 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 always heard about how portfolio reviews can kind of be pretty like daunting if you're the person like getting your portfolio reviewed um mm-hmm. and i've I've always heard that he's like you know he'll critical like he'll point things out to people but like do it in like a way that's like keep working and not like You know you're terrible. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be in this job, right? Yes. Um, Have Have you ever had like a like a horrible portfolio review before, Caitlin? Like like not not like like this is bad, but like just someone like basically being an asshole, right?
3: Yes, that has happened. Yeah. Uh, Mm. And it was a it was a colleague, not a colleague, somebody just in you know a peer but it's fine I mean I've done the same thing once or twice like I think where I've given advice and the person wasn't interested or wasn't ready and I just realized like oh I just you just keep your mouth shut until they specifically ask you because so I've had it's gone both ways for me like I feel like I've made the mistake of offering advice on something when they just and they took it Really badly, and then I've also gotten advice where I didn't really want it, and it also came from somebody that I didn't, you know. So I was just like, yeah, okay. So it's 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 tricky. You have to be like both sides have to be on agreement, like on the same page, really. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the person asking has to be ready for whatever is going to come, and the person giving the advice has to be able to give feedback that doesn't break anybody down, and you know, can can give them constructive feedback without without hurting them, you know, or, or, you know, without, without discouraging them. Yeah. Yeah. Like the proper etiquette
1: is if you, if you're walking up to your person's or you're like an artist table and you see something, you're like, Oh, Hey, are you looking for your critique? Uh, they can be like, yes or no. And then they're they're prepared, but like giving unsolicited critique as professionals can be a little like off-putting, like uh, that happens at the studio sometimes. And I just kind of have to be like, all right, cool. I'll take it or leave it. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but getting back to that,
3: it's never usually like malicious or anything. It's usually like people really think that they're, and so it's, you kind of just have to kind of,
1: yeah. Yeah. I have a question about your experience though. Caitlin, the person giving you a critique unsolicited critique, were they right in
3: there? (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's funny. Uh, yes and no. There were, mm-hmm. there were, there was one thing they were right about, and one thing that I think that was total bullshit. But it's, you know, it doesn't matter either way. It's, it's just it's one of those. No, of course not. Oh my god. I'm not who it is, but can you say
1: what it was about the work, even?
3: Oh, there was like, there was something about how my there was a background that, that was like obviously not using reference, and I I use a lot more reference than, you know, I, I use a lot of reference. But mm-hmm. I, you know, there's occasionally where you're just like, maybe I can make this up, and he was like, it's clear you're making this up. And then said something about hatching and how hatching has to be following the form. Mm. You don't have to follow the form.
0: It was thinking. Tad, like, wasn't it? it
3: no. It was, <laughs> it, was nobody, it, was, it was nobody anybody can trace just, you. Just okay? say it was Let's just, just – <laughs> <like,
0: like, laughs> I need it back – I need you just to confirm. Just say it was Tad.
3: It was Tad. Thank was you. Tad. I, mean, I didn't even know him. He just like called me and was talking to me about hatching, but you know, it's, it's funny because yeah, like cross hatching does not have to follow the form. It, you can do it in so many different kinds of ways. So uh, it doesn't matter, but uh, yeah, so it's just, and it's, it's funny because we, we um, equate our art with our personalities or our, our sense of self worth. So it's, or, you know, especially when you're young, you do that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's hard for people to get critiques without taking it super, super personally. Um, Sure. And even occasionally I would take it personally. So like it's, you know, even, even now, like I don't, I I usually don't anymore because I got that beaten out of me in games because you work in games and game people are not,
0: I've heard that's a pretty, I've heard it's a pretty cutthroat business.
3: Yes. I mean, it's because there's so much money in it and there's so Mm -hmm. much competition. So like if you're doing, you know, concept art and that, perspective is not perfect or there's like something wrong with it they will tell you everything that's wrong with it and yeah. you have you to just swallow it and be like okay and it honestly this made me said for that like you know not having to dance around each other's emotions like i've gotten some pretty brutal feedback on game stuff but it made me a lot better because i was like okay now i know what to do
0: Maybe. yeah can can you are you able to say any of the games that you worked on
3: um mostly mobile games honestly okay um a lot of Nickelodeon stuff, Disney stuff, um, and uh just like smaller kinds of games that you can play on your phone. But it's there's one that I'm working on right now that I, uh, I'm really excited about, but I can't talk okay. about until next winter probably. Oh
0: wow! okay. Um, <laughs> it's
3: not going to be out until like next. Yeah, so it's, it's not going to be out like it's it's like a whole NDA thing. So, but mm-hmm. um, I got to do concept art for it, and I i I'm really
0: psyched about it yeah it's it's crazy how long people think comics you know take a long time to make but like games especially you know especially like you know with this current gen generation of like technology and gaming systems of like you know the new Xbox playstation 5s mm-hmm. like it's crazy how long like years and years and years to make some of these games it's it's wild oh,
3: yeah yeah for sure it's wild <laughs> <laughs> sorry we you can't you, share the art you're doing either like you have to wait years until that thing is out before you can even share the art that you did right you know
0: sure sure i think yeah I, mm-hmm. go ahead Layla.
1: oh i was just gonna say it but you have to wait even longer than you have to wait in
0: comics to oh, show your art
3: absolutely yeah i mean yeah. you can get sued <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah.
0: that's wild um so, uh, I see, I see lots of, uh, art, art supplies in your, you know, behind you in your, in your space. Are you, uh, are you, uh, uh, pen and paper old school? Are you uh, digital? What's your, uh, bit of both? What, what do you normally do? Bit of both. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So when I have a lot of time for a cover, I'll do like an oil painting of a cover, but that doesn't happen very often cause I have a lot of other, you know, jobs and stuff. So I, um, when I have time, I like to do paintings for covers and then for, um, pages I again it's like a it's a, it's just a time issue you know it takes twice as long to, for me to do a traditional page than it would for me to do a digital page just because you know when you make a mistake on a traditional page that's a lot worse and a lot harder to handle than you know right. control Z you know so like it's <laughs> um, so this uh, this is mostly for commissions you know I, I have this table here and all the supplies for commission work which I get you know every few months or so and you know
0: draw characters yeah. What's what's the what's the what's the worst commission? Like like not not like like what's the worst thing someone guys really has want asked to
3: talk you to shit on this podcast. No, no, I'm just you know uh,
0: <laughs> I'm just curious like people get asked to draw or like tat like tattoo artists like, like I have a tattoo artist that I've known for years and she does my tattoos and I and I'll ask I've asked her before like what's the worst thing someone's asked you to tattoo and I'm not going to repeat it here. Um because it's pretty ridiculous. But uh, what's what's the worst thing like someone has asked you to, or the weirdest thing someone has asked you to draw?
3: Well, not weird, but just um, a little tiring for me. But I, I get a lot of like uh, X Men and superhero like like I got a really classic superhero one recently, and mm-hmm. it it's all fine. It's just it's almost like sometimes you think like they're not really thinking about what you would like to draw. Yeah. They just have their favorite character, and they want everybody to draw that one character. So, like, I've drawn Kitty Pride so many <laughs> times. <laughs> like, and it's fine. It's fine. It's just that, like, if anybody looks through my work, they know I'm not really, like, a big classic superhero person. And I'd rather draw Sandman characters or Saga characters or, like, something from a movie or something, you know? But, like, um, so, you know, I'm not complaining. I just... I, sometimes I wish I could just be like, "Hey guys, here's stuff I like to draw." You know, give yeah. me some like witches and stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have
0: a I have a swamp thing commission from Layla that's framed on my wall.
3: Yeah, yes. dude,
1: that one was fun. I do genuinely love swamp thing.
0: Though. I know. Well, but, that's because we. A- I asked you. That was when we asked you the question. You said swamp thing, and so I was like, "Make yeah. me a swamp thing." That's
1: so.
3: very conscientious of you.
1: Yeah, I. This is kind of reminding me of I think for a couple conventions I was only accepting commissions if they requested characters that I created. So I think at that time, the only thing that I had come out that I co-created was Shudder. And luckily, no one was like, oh, no thanks. Like I think most people coming up knew me because they had read this book of mine. So I didn't realize how ballsy it was at the time. And I kind of have cut that out because, one, I guess I don't really mind drawing these characters that i haven't created but at the time i was like i need to figure out how to draw something quick at a convention and i can't take a lot of time to look at reference and like mistakenly figure out how to draw something that i'm not used to drawing so it really worked out in my my favor and um and i don't think i got too much criticism at least no one had said it to my face and i don't know it worked out really well for me that
0: one time you you drew a really cool back girl on a motorcycle for my friend danny after after you did the swamp thing and because i uh yeah he 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 messaged you after that to 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 do that back girl it turned out really good
1: thank you yeah that one was fun too but i cheated on that one because (laughs) i i believe i took reference from a picture online that i found and i traced it and then printed it off blue line and was able to to over it that way and you can't do that at a convention because you can't bring your printer with you yeah so um i don't know i think that was he caught me at a good time because you know i think it was during
0: the it was during the during the the pandemic yeah um -hmm. yeah you both you both talked about conventions um there's big convention coming up uh emerald city Mm -hmm. comic-con uh are you guys going
2: yeah
1: cool i'm not going caitlin more. is this your first time going
3: you're not going. <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> you want my table, mate? You can just hang out. We can just like.
1: Oh. Will you pay for my, my mom lives in Seattle. You self- can stay, you
3: oh, can
0: it's stay with true. <laughs> hey,
1: yeah, you know, maybe Making that's stuff a thing. Here.
0: That's what we do. <laughs> I
1: have another. I have a couple other friends in the area too. Maybe this could be a thing. But
3: yeah, Kaylin, is that your first time going to Emerald City? No, I went once before, uh, but not to table. I did like some kind of panel thing, and that was uh, that was it okay cool.
1: what is your what is your convention um ex- like preparing what is your convention prep like yeah when you go to this stuff
3: um well it's a little different now because i'm working with cadence comic arts the uh, the, mm-hmm. the reps that i work with so they they have everything set up like they have tables with you know our banners and everything and they um you know, they give you a list of of the commissions that you're doing, and like it's just it's more streamlined, which was really nice. Um, and they take care of like you know like mailing stuff if they have to mail stuff. So like they've been really great to work with, and they make conventions a lot easier. And they you know they've gotten me into a couple of conventions as a guest, which makes it you know a lot easier because then you're not paying for everything.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, like GalaxyCon, I did Raleigh GalaxyCon last year, and it was such a blast. Um, and I didn't have to pay for it anything I don't think even the hotel was paid for so it's just like that doing that that way is like amazing and I wish there was more opportunities like that because you know once you pay for the hotel and the flight and the materials and like all the stuff you're not making anything like or at least I'm not I'm I'm maybe not a good business person (laughs) you know like you kind of just like you end up uh you know um getting even Heading, hitting even what's the
0: yeah breaking even, Break
3: even? Breaking, breaking even thank
0: you. yeah yeah
3: um, but t- it's, you yeah, know, it's still true. fun it's more like about the social aspect to me it's not really as much of a, a business thing as much as like a meeting other comic people and
0: hanging mm. out afterwards well yeah, t- Tad I and I will both be there so yeah Tad. I know you should talk shit to him when he when that you know just, yeah it's just just go up to him, shake your head at him in disgust. It'll be the best thing ever.
1: You know, Brian, if Tad is such a horrible person, what
0: does that what does that say about you? Nothing good. Listen, I never yeah. said I was cool. All the right? are
3: only as good as the company you keep, Brian. That, yeah, Brian. Know, <laughs> <you know>.
0: Apparently, <laughs> I just I just I just have a lot of self loathing, so I hang out with Tad to make me feel better about myself. So.
1: You know, I think all three, all, all of us can relate to that sentiment. Yeah, we all owe ourselves something here. That's why we
0: all talk to Tad. So,
1: <laughs> It's true.
0: <laughs> yeah. This guy, you know, not only does he sleep at my house and I transport him to the con, he mails all of his stuff here, too. Man, this guy just, oh, you know. Jeez. The audacity. No, yeah. I'm looking forward hey, to it. It's going to be fun.
1: Are you tabling with him for the podcast? Mm-hmm.
0: Yay! Oh, so yeah. we can meet in person. Yep. I'll, oh yeah. I'll 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 make sure I head over to your table. I'm bringing my uh, uh, my my 15 year old niece who uh, is a little artist herself. Um, she's coming. She's coming with us, and uh, she came with us. We did the Washington SummerCon uh, last year, and, uh, and and she came in for her first. That that was like her first little convention, but I mean that place is nothing compared to Emerald City. So this will be this is going to be really, really cool. Yeah, awesome. We're we're all excited. What's that
3: again? What's that? When when is Emerald City?
0: First weekend in March. Really? (gasps) Whoa, it's coming up so fast, really fast. My God, you guys! I thought it was in in the fall. Nope, Uh, it's in like a month. Uh oh. Better, listen, that preps that prep better start here sooner than later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I'll have a I'll have some uh I'll have some uh we've got some podcast stickers that I that I'll bring for you. Oh,
1: Brian, so I got a blue tiger t-shirt ages ago. Yeah. And I just I wore it to death. I you just love Oh, well sure but i can totally just snag one i just yeah. wanted to say tad's illustration as much of a horrible human being he is his illustration for this podcast is so wonderful i love it
0: so much it is listen my issues with him are personal they're not professional <laughs> you know he's great at what he does uh. <laughs> that's true <laughs> Yeah, no, we've, and, and you know we're working on some uh, or we he is working on some <laughs> new designs right now too so uh we haven't, nice. we haven't really done much with like, uh, you know, our, our, the, the, the shirts and everything like that. So we're looking at, we're trying to, we're trying to revamp it right now and get some new designs up there. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be pretty fun. I actually had, a uh, at one point I had a blue tiger, uh, uh, face mask <laughs> at one point. Yeah, it was pretty, nice. it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I love that I love that you wore that shirt out. I remember I saw you at a at a Comic-Con you were wearing it one time and that was awesome.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I it really just died recently cuz it had multiple holes in it. But yeah, I just I loved it. Thank you so much. Um Caitlin, before we probably end this soon cuz it's yeah. almost 7. Yeah. Have you decided to see Infinity Pool with Sean tonight?
3: Oh, uh I think we're waiting on that. I'm not sure Okay. we're going to see it exactly. Probably next week.
0: Okay. Oh, cool. Nice. Cool. cool, cool um, as, <laughs> yeah, the <this> smoggers. <is> <laughs> that's what I've heard. As we uh as you know, as we kinda of wind things down, we always kinda of get into uh you know, what's on the nightstand? What are we reading? You know. So uh, you know, Caitlin, you're our guest. Uh any comics or books or anything like that, that you've uh that you've been reading lately?
3: Well I just started the long Halloween. Nobody send me hate all that I haven't read it yet, but I'm reading it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great, obviously. Yeah. I I'm only in the beginning of it. Uh, as far as books goes, I'm like I was saying, I'm, I'm reading Annihilation, um, which is which is okay. I'm, I'm not getting that into it, honestly. And it might be the narrator, but I'm not sure. Um, but the fantasy book I recommend to everybody forever and always is The Name of the Wind, which is a fantastic, fantastic fantasy series. Uh, well, the series is called The King Kill- Killer Chronicles. It'll never be finished. So don't ever ask when the third book is coming out. But it's the like, first
0: it's like Game second of Thrones.
3: Yes, it's basically yeah. <laughs> I don't like I think he's um he's got writer's block, whatever's happening. It's just it's been like a decade, so Okay. Um but the first book is fantastic, the second book is really good too. Very cool. Yeah, actually,
1: um, my answer to what I'm reading right now is the Wise Man's Fear book two and the King Color Chronicles. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah <laughs> high five Yeah, I've been working through it very slowly the past Half year because I've been watching things more than reading, but comics wise, I've been reading Simon Hanselman's One More Year. I've loved that series so far. I only just now started reading it. It's so good.
0: That's great. I have been reading. Tad has finally uh, broke me down uh, into because I've I've really never uh, read it really haven't gotten into manga or read a ton. But uh, uh, he finally he finally broke me uh, with uh, with the series. And uh,
2: yeah,
0: I'm on volume two. I just finished volume two. Yeah. And it's my absolute favorite thing. It's so ridiculously good. Um, Yeah. it, 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 It combines. It's like like the art it just like blows my mind, especially like, I I think kind of in the beginning when it shows there's like a cityscape of volume two of like, uh, of Tokyo, uh, that is (laughs) just blew my mind, uh, seeing it. So the art is fantastic. I'm a sucker for a murder mystery. I love, I love a murder mystery. So like trying to figure out, you know, who is, who is killing these, uh, these, these super intelligent robots is just been fascinating. And, uh, it's funny. I've been trying to get this, get a hold of this for years, uh, but every time I go into the comic shop, it has they, they've never they've never had it, and uh, I, I don't like to buy books on like Amazon unless I absolutely have to. Um, mm-hmm. So I've just waited. I said, you know what? They'll have it eventually. And so they finally had the first two volumes, and then they're going to order the rest of them for me. Um, yeah, but it's Excellent. so so good. And then I've been reading uh, what just came out. the 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 sequel to the last the Ninja Turtles the last Ronin so this is the lost years nice. just came out so that's uh, that's uh, uh, what Eastman Tom Waltz Gallant Bishop Keen and then Louis Delgado um, and that was really interesting it's it's interesting because um, you know reading the last Ronin I, I didn't necessarily think that there should have been I was like why do they need to do a sequel or why do we need to see like the lost years you know i thought they tied it up pretty well but this has been a it's a really good read and um so I, i'll be happy to admit that i'm wrong on that and uh, i don't know if you <laughs> either of you have read the last ronin um Mm-mm. so it kind of i'm gonna i'm gonna spoil the ending of it it kind of it ends with uh the daughter of april o'neill and casey jones she mutates for new turtles and so that part has been really fat. That's probably been my favorite oh. aspect of it all is um, um, is watch you know seeing uh, their daughter um try and train four different turtles, and then as wow. she goes back and she reads through uh, Master Splinter's journal, journal entries, and then the journal entries are all black and white drawn by Kevin Eastman, which I think is really cool. Um, so cool. it's like multiple art in the book, and so i I've, I've enjoyed it. I'm That's looking, cool. Looking forward to the rest. Of them, so nice. Yeah. So, uh you know, uh as we as we as we break this up, uh you know, uh Caitlin, where can uh where can people find you and find your work? The Tiger Cubs, uh, they want to know. I'm, they're they're thirsty for that tiger milk, you know.
3: Uh I'm pretty much everywhere except Facebook, so I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. Uh I'm I'm on TikTok, but I've only lurked on TikTok. I don't have anything out there yet. Um and, uh, and I have a website and it's all just under my name, Caitlin Yarsky. So, uh, you know, just as long as this sounds right, you should find me. Right.
1: We'll, we'll you put can links.
3: also, yes.
1: And you can also find Caitlin in our latest YouTube video over at the Helioscope YouTube channel. Ooh. Um, oh, that's she that's is in there for
3: videos.
1: Yeah. I, um, I don't know if I talked about this the last time I was on the show. Um. Yeah, I uh, started a, a YouTube channel for the studio that I share with a bunch of people, cartoonists, and we finally made another video. It's a vlog-style thing. Caitlin's in there. I'm in there for a few seconds. But if you want to see what it's like inside of our studio space, um, it's a really great watch. You can kind of it's see what the space looks like. Oh, awesome.
3: no, thank true. you. You're editing and everything is perfect. You're, you're a great
1: spokesperson for Helioscope so well i hope that everyone is game to take more video because i actually had a lot of fun making this one so that's um but yeah she can be there you can be found there uh we'll have
0: a link says brian for all of the things everything everything cool um all right so why don't i uh why don't i take us home then and uh and get us out of here so uh everybody thank you for listening um as you all know, the best place to find us at Blue Tiger Revenge is uh, our home, which is on Substack, BlueTigerRevenge.substack.com. It's a free subscription, and uh, you know you don't have to worry about when the when the next episode is going to come out or when the next page of Operation Blue, our webcomic, is going to come out because it just sends you an email every time that we post a new one, and it doesn't cost you anything. It's fantastic. Go there, subscribe, like, and share with all of your friends. And family, even people that you hate, hate send them, hate share it to them. We're okay with that, um, you know. As long as you know, as long as you get the good word of the revenge out there to everybody, um, Layla. Yes, I really am glad that you were here to uh, to guest host today. Um, Thank
1: you. Me too. It you know, was we're gonna, so much fun. We're,
0: we're definitely going to have to, you know, find a way to like discreetly murder Tad, and then you can okay. just take over. We can probably figure out a way to make that happen um okay i mean
3: you know it sounds like he's on his way to getting murdered by somebody at some point he sounds horrible yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. yeah it's only a matter of time the job will be done for us
0: yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, and then finally uh you know caitlin thank you so much for doing this this has been great to uh just to chat with you and get to know you and you know hopefully the listeners uh you know got a feel for for who you are as a person and an artist
3: well, thank you so much for having me on. This is a
1: really, this is a blast. Awesome. yeah, Caitlin, it was so great to meet you for the first time and get to know you, you know. And,
3: um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I hope... cool, Layla. we should uh, meet sometime in person. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, let's go get a coffee sometime. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: there you go. There it is. Um, all right, everybody. Well, if that is all that we have, it's time to hit the Music.